Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Join us each week. This segment is brought to you by... And now, this... From our Art Deco virtual studios, overlooking the Valley of Coolville, it's time to kick the flux capacitor and head back in time to your favorite retro pop culture trivia show. Wait, I know this. Get it, homies. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, we are so excited. We're back. It's been a while. Uh, Time for Wait, I Know This, the show where you get the backstage trivia right from the celebrities themselves. And each week we uh, get a visit from a star with classic TV, film, or music. Try to get those behind-the-scenes trivia stories delivered right through the stories the celebrities tell us each week. You won't get this on just any old website, that's for sure. You know, we've had a lot of fun over the last several weeks talking to, I tell you, last week, Rip Taylor was one of the craziest people we've ever had on this show. I got to tell you, if you did not get a chance to listen to Rip Taylor, uh, you must do so. Uh, you remember the Dollar Ninety Eight Beauty Show? He hosted that, and uh, I got to tell you that that guy. There are a few screws loose, but that's why we love him. And uh, he was hilarious telling us all of his stories. So check that out if you can. And uh, by the way, you can always check us out on the website, uh, waitiknowthis.com. If not, our blog site is pretty cool, too. We will blog about not only the celebrities that we're talking about that week, but also uh, just some other random television shows and movies that we visit, uh, some trivia that we try to get to you on those sites. The blog site is no www, just the http colon slash slash, and then waitiknowthis.blogspot.com. Dot com. We also have a link to our blog on our website, which is easier to remember, waitiknowthis.com. And remember, we when we do this live, just tune in, uh, go to our website, find out when our next show is. You can, you can dial in if you'd like to be a part of the show, and we have some folks from all over the globe, thanks to the beauty of the Internet, some folks from Sweden who tune in every week, and they will dial in. And here are the phone numbers, 724-444-7444. And once again, all this is on the website. You punch in your ca- our caller ID, which is 33219 and the pound. And then you dial uh, 1 and the pound for the PIN code. That will put you in. And we can unmute you and let you ask questions of our guests. So we're going to have a lot of fun. So let's get right to it. This week, I'm very excited because I was a huge Batman fan. And we've had some guests from the, from uh, that series on before. But th- this guest is special. Now, you may know her. Maybe you know her from Little Abner. Maybe you know her from Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, but we know you know her for her perfect portrayal of the seductress villain Catwoman on the 60s TV series <laughs> Batman, and of course, we are talking about the incomparable Julie Newmar. Hi, Julie. Thanks for being with us. Well, I thought you were going to have them guess who I was. Is <laughs> am. <laughs> that should have been our first trivia question, huh? Catwoman. The original Catwoman, of course. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you you get the most, I'm sure that's, you probably get more comments from that than anything else you've done. I do, I do. And it's great. I love it. Mm -hmm. It's good to be associated with one particular character because then people remember you. Absolutely. And And why not? I was reading, correct me if I'm wrong, but was your mother a Ziegfeld Follies girl? Yes, she was. Wow. 
Tell us a little bit about that. I think that's cool trivia people don't really realize. Golly, that's grandmother, great-grandmother time back in the 20s. My, mo- my mother was in the Ziegfeld Follies, and in those days, that was the Hollywood of where the most beautiful girls in the world would be presented on a stage with these gorgeous costumes. And um, she, well, she was a, a dancer. Wow. But she was, to have been a Ziegfeld girl was the epitome of beauty in those days. You would bring one of the most prettiest girls in anywhere. Wow. I mean, that's a, you know, you don't, the Ziegfeld Follies, that's a, you know, some, in fact, I was just in New York um, a week ago, and Mm -hmm. the restaurant we were eating at, which was, um, what was it called, Uh, Bond 45, I think, is that right, Bond 45, and they they were saying that that was one of the, that building was actually where Ziegfeld Follies took place, we were, we were eating in the, what would have been the offstage right, the right wings of the stage for the Ziegfeld Follies. Yes, and Flo Ziegfeld, Florence Ziegfeld used to have a his own suite, which would be way up in the back where all the people sat, but way up high, and then there would be um, windows which we could look down on all the productions and all the re- rehearsals and make sure that he... Well, he was a great entrepreneur of, of that era. There is a book out. Um, it's called Jazz Age Beauties. I actually wrote the foreword to it, but it's the photographs from that era and some of the most beautiful photographs ever taken by Alfred Cheney Johnston. So it records an era which was in, in, you know, the great roaring 20s. Absolutely. So you were really born into show business. Is that something that you knew from the start? That's what you wanted to do? And well, I think my mother wanted, she gave me all the dancing lessons and the piano lessons and, and everything that her mother couldn't afford to give her. So I think it was something handed down. Yes, it's easier to have that in, in your family line, to have someone in back of you, someone who's helping you, someone who's sure. paying for all your lessons. What was oh, the yes. What was the first thing that you did that you considered significant and you thought, hey, you know, I might have a shot at this? <laughs> Actually, I was seven years old, and I was Alice in Alice in Wonderland, and we did it at the Broadway department store on Hollywood and Vine, <laughs> and that building, it still exists, and I remember when I had to walk through the looking glass, it was made of cellophane, and I was supposed to put my finger in a certain place, and then it would tear, and I could walk through, well, the, the whole mirror fell down, kerplop, <laughs> right on the stage, and... Of course, those things you you don't forget, but that's the fun of it. Wow! Now, in in um, you were in Slaves of Babylon, right? Yes, I was dancer at the age. I was choreographer at Universal Studios when I was nineteen years old. I really quite quite a background in in dance training, um, and I used to teach the actors and the people that were under contract to Universal Studios in those times, and they would do what they used to call sex and sand pictures, so Yvonne <laughs> de Carlo, those kinds of things. Oh, you know, yeah. Anthony Quinn, um, and I danced in. <clears throat> they don't do that anymore, but when when you are a dancing for the star, they photograph you at, at a distance enough so that it's not a close-up. On the, Then they have the star's face, you see, and I, you do. I did the dancing. Wow. For, 
for the stars. Now, you were, I guess, one of your first major roles was in Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, right? Yeah. Oh, yes. An all-time classic MGM music, which is wonderful to watch even these days, especially good for the kids. It's a wonderful, lusty, beautiful music uh, musical. And you, and it was you know I when you think about that you you mentioned the dancing quite a bit and and now it, it all makes sense when people who who you know maybe a lot of folks maybe just remember you more from the Batman thing but when you think about the dancing and the performing and the choreography that you did it makes sense that your legs were insured for one million dollars by Lloyd's of London at one time. <laughs> How does that happen, well, that, Julie? It was a lot more back then. You see, of course, they're worthless now, but <laughs> yes, not. <laughs> Now, I didn't insure my legs. Some producer did, but I suppose that's all in, in good humor, you know, in order to advertise something and, and have people curious about the show. I was in Little Abner at the time, and it, it did this character called, amusingly called, Stupefying Jones. Oh, yeah. Stupefying Jones would, would dance, and she'd come on stage, and then all boys, um, they would, when they see saw her, they would stand stock still so the crows could catch them but you know, it was a cartoon kind of musical and that's <laughs> on film Paramount did it later so it, that's a wonderful musical also I was reading also that you worked with um, Don Amici at one point he's one of my all time favorite actors and I just I, I just wanted to ask you about him uh, yeah well, uh, well multi-talented he, he sang the lead part in Silk Stockings and Silk Stockings was a musical version of Ninochka. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, sure. Um, and and that they also made a, a film out of um, with um, what's her name, the, the the great ballet dancer at MGM. Oh, um. Oh, now I'm asking you questions. I know. Now you're. Oh no! Don't do that. I'll fail the quiz. What? Yes. Everybody's going to want to call you now. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I'll get all the emails. You're exactly right. Okay. Now, did you um, did you want a Tony? Correct or no? I did. Yes, best supporting actress on Broadway. I was 24 years old, and it was in a, a play, a comedy, um, called Marriage Go Round, and I played a Swedish girl who comes to uh, this country to ask a professor to be the father of her child. Of course, that, that doesn't sit too well with the professor's wife, which was played by Claudette Colbert. Oh, wow. Really, of course. And the professor happened to be the one and only Charles Boyer. And this was a, a super success on Broadway. It ran for a whole year. It's standing room only. And uh, um, so that was quite an experience in my life. Yeah, and you know, I when you talk about television versus Broadway, and there's two totally different mediums, and and uh, I, you know, as I said, I just got back from a quick little vacation in New York, and and there is no place like Broadway. I, I cannot imagine what it would be like, especially you know, I'm thinking about you at that time, and you're in a play that's a huge success. You win the Best Supporting Actress, and I mean, you were probably the toast of New York. It did feel very good. They've often called it the golden years um, on Broadway. I don't know why, but to me, it's always great to go there and see any musical or almost, you know, the plays that are happening off Broadway as well. But it really was a spectacular time. <clears throat> now, in, 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 and always, it's always expensive, but it is. And it is an expensive venture. 
Now you get what you pay for, though. That's the best theater on the planet. And my, that, I mean, they're in London, I you know. Just, I just got back from Las Vegas and I saw a show called Zoomanity. And my gosh, it's an adult show, but it's so beautifully presented. It it it's uh, it was designed by Thierry Mugler, the great clothing designer from Paris, who's now doing Beyonce's all Beyonce's costumes and and sets and the whole look of her show that's uh, on now. And, uh, oh, it, it, it's expensive to go to the theater, but, oh, my gosh, I think it's worth every penny. At least this was, humanity was. Well, and in the, so, so in the 60s, then, how did the Batman, how did the Catwoman role come about, Julie? How did, how did you get contacted about that? I honestly don't know. They started this series uh, at um, Fox called, Batman, based on the series that DC Comics owns, and it's had for since the 1940s. And they were doing this new show, very clever. Some producer had to put best people together, best writers, best set designers. They efficiently copied the way the c- cartoon looks with it being kind of, the camera would be kind of tilted, and there mm-hmm. would be these funny signs that would say, bam, boom, that. <laughs> And it just made it otherworldly, but it was so much fun. And it was, of course, tongue-in-cheek, so the little kids thought it was real. And the, the kids around 10 or 11 thought, oh, mm, I'm too old for that. And then you, <laughs> you get a little bit old and you say, oh, wow, that is so that is so cool. That, and then you become an adult and say, oh, wasn't she or he terrific, sexy, or whatever. You know, You're right. You get the humor all over again. I used to love the um, when they would do the uh, they they you know they'd be scaling the building and and there'd always be a cameo from a famous well, of star. Of course, you know we did that flat on the floor. I heard so the that. building the building would be a a, a canvas painted building with windows in it, laying flat <laughs> on the floor, and and the, the two guys would be walking slowly, carefully, holding onto a rope. But the other end of the rope was had to be hidden because you didn't want it to to hang down to hang sideways, <laughs> and and all all very cooked up, very wonderful, corny gags. Yeah, it it was I great. Loved humor. And you're exactly it, right. It was so well written. You're exactly right about it applying to all the age groups because I remember as a, yeah. as a kid watching it and thinking. This is the coolest thing because there's Batman and Robin. And then as I got a little older, you know, I remember thinking, this is funny, tongue-in-cheek. And then as you get a little bit older, you go, oh, uh, Julie Newmar is very sexy as Catwoman. <laughs> well, I know I have grandfathers who come up to me with that look in their eye, you know, remembering their first feelings. <laughs> and then their sons are with them. And then the, then the children, the grandchildren are there, too, kind of hiding behind the daddy's legs saying, what's this all about, you know? <laughs> But it, it's amazing that it's it has such an impact in, back then. But it what it it did because it was really good. All the qual all the quality was there. The art direction, the, the great writing, funny, really funny writers, and uh, it, if it, when it was well cast, it was just brilliant. And most of the time, it was. And everybody wanted to be in the show, even Frank Sinatra. Beg the producer. Really? Right, right, write me into the show, please. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Instead of that, he took he took Otto Preminger, the director. Remember, oh, kind of big sized Otto Preminger. Yes. Nini. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I didn't know so Sinatra. I, 
I was a huge Sinatra mm-hmm. fan. I, I, that would have been great to have seen him pop mm-hmm. up in there. Um, the, you know, that, when you talked about how it was kind of a sensation back then, I had to, about two months ago, I think, we interviewed Yvonne Craig. And she she had great memories of the shows. It was, you know, very exciting. I think they even tried to do a spinoff for a while with Batgirl and didn't fly. But they, um, but she she was awesome. And then I had, it. I not for this show, but for another gig that I had when I hosted a morning show in Tampa, I interviewed Adam West. And, um... What a funny! Oh, Adam is so much fun. Oh my God! What a funny guy! I mean, off stage. Isn't he fun? Oh, he's adorable. I really think he was the best Batman of all. But maybe it was when they created that. I mean, that character and all just worked together. You see, I think it's much better than the dark uh, stories that they've done kind of lately. Right. With all the you know explosions, but mm, now did the real you... story, the fun of it, the. You just feel like part of the whole fabulous show when you, when you see the original. Um, I just wonder if version. do you ever get questions to see if you and Adam ever dated because that chemistry on camera was almost too real at times, you know. That's brilliant writing, of course, and it it looks like that. But today, we we are dear friends, and I I again I can't think of anyone who's ever been better in that part than he was because he had that this kind of you know this is great fun and and seriousness at the same time he (laughs) he knew exactly how to balance it see yeah i loved Mm -hmm. it i thought it was just it was a lot of fun and and i know when you go to and there are so many conventions for sci-fi shows and superhero Mm -hmm. things and i'm sure you go to a lot of those i'm sure the, the folks are lined up for autographs with you guys it is so much fun to meet people who come up and tell you the funniest stories or their reactions or what they think and everything. What's, you know, I just want to know what's going on in their lives, where they live and what they do for a living. And it's, it's more rewarding for me, I think, than it is for them. But it's lovely to see people who, who will come to some of these conventions. What's it like? I enjoy it immensely. What's it like, Julie? For I mean, you know, you're known for for your your performances, your looks, the sexy kind of seductors, the dancing, and that. And I want to know what it was like if you go back and think about when you were, you know, in your twenties and your in your thirties, and you're performing in that capacity, and you're known to be a beautiful woman in, in Hollywood. And I'm wondering, was there ever a time when you said, "I want to make sure that people know that I'm more than just a pretty face and a dancer that I can act"? And and what were the challenges, I guess, around that? You know, it's it's funny. I'm I I write now. I'm I'm writing four books, and and one of the books that I'm working on is a, a book of I think the best photographs of my entire life, and I don't have any makeup on other than the clown's makeup, and I have kind of a clown costume, and I'm doing really funny things all the time. It's very physically funny stuff, and they interestingly enough, these are my favorite pictures of me. Because I always felt in those days it was so easy to wake up and get glamorous. Right. It doesn't sound right to people, but it's it's being beyond where you are, doing more than, yes, what people expect. Right. Mm-hmm. It's it's where you surprise yourself, and, and you as the audience think, oh, my God, that was great what I just did. Or isn't that imaginative? Or haven't I grown here? Or um, I want to follow on these new ideas of mine. So that's, that's, I like it that way. Yeah. I I just think, I, I would think from a woman's perspective that it would be, 
it would be challenging back then, you know, to be to be known as that. And and you know, the, I mean, the Catwoman role just furthered mm-hmm. that furthered that idea, you know. Well, I have an interesting website. It's julienewmar.com. Actually, I have two websites. The second one is uh, Julie Newmar writes, and I tell stories and what's happened to me, and there's some fun and interesting stuff. But um, the julienewmar.com, there's my website, and there's a shop, and I have photographs from these shows that you're talking about, and I've designed some new T-shirts that are really beautiful. And I also have the first book that I wrote, which is called The Conscious Catwoman Explains Life on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's my very first how-to book. I always loved how-to books. And this book is essentially like when you're feeling down or, or you're depressed or you, you need to solve this problem or that, I have these little one and two and three liners that help you get through these troublesome times in your life. Oh, that's so cool. It's, 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 it's very inexpensive. It's only $5, and it, it's, it's worth it. And um, that's what I'm doing now is writing. Oh. And we will put links to those websites, by the way, for everybody listening, on our website, too, if you want to get to It's oh, easy to remember, you. of course, but julienumar.com and julienumarwrites.com. We'll have those on our, our website as well if you want to check it out. I wanted to ask you, and this is um, this is kind of a I, when I was doing a little research on you, I had absolutely no idea of this side of your life, and that being the entrepreneurialism that you have done. I I read that you had invented a type of pantyhose, and that you have three patents. T- tell me yes. a little bit about that. Yes, yes, yes. Uh huh. Well, they make you a woman look much more pomacious. Oh, and that's a French word. Uh, means apple, and um, they give you a better shape. But they're uh, they're not manufactured now. But yes, I was an inventor. Interesting. I think so was Dolly Parton. I think so was uh, Hedy Lamarr. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now I had re- I also read that you were um, that that you inv- you started investing in in Los Angeles real estate at some point, mm-hmm. and that and that you. Mm-hmm. And it says that, I read somewhere that you said that you were partly responsible for improving some Los Angeles neighborhoods. I mean, tell me a little bit about all that. Oh, well, yes. The properties that I own were actually owned by my mother in, in, back in the time in the 1930s. Wow. But I kept building them and rebuilding them and, and building them up and developing them now. And now I have some of the most talented artists, designers, interior designers, uh, Framers, uh, screenwriters, um, painters, and most of the people that I know are in the arts or creative. So we get along well because I, as the landlord, understand their needs and they feel comfortable in my spaces. And then everybody else has this kind of, you know, wonderful, creative, <laughs> what can we do next kind of attitude. So there's a warmth and an energy in the buildings that I own that I notice is it's it's truly palpable uh, and it's, I I like doing that cuz it's business with a pleasure It's interesting mm-hmm. that I can't imagine being someone who uh you know you show up and you say yeah I think I'm going to rent this place and then Julie Newmar walks out yeah well <laughs> I, I'm your landlord <laughs> Well I saved a few lives actually from cuz landlords are not 
the world's favorite people. You're They're, right. You know, you got to fix the pipes, and make sure things work for people who are uh, art- artistic and creative. They don't want to worry about that. So I know who to, to take care of those jobs, and uh, I, I find it uh, a fascinating. Whatever happened, uh, Julie, whatever happened to the uh, Catwoman costume? Is that in a museum, or do you still own that? It is. You know where it is? Where? It's at the Smithsonian. It is? Yes, in Washington, D.C. Smithsonian. Yeah. I didn't know that. Wow, My so- Catwoman costume's at the Smithsonian. Wow, how mm-hmm. many people can say that? Fonzie's jacket, Archie Bunker's chair, and your costume. Great, great. That, that is phenomenal. All right, so um, tell me a little bit about, too, about, let's see how much time. Okay, yeah, we're getting close. But I, I want to ask you this. Um, in the 1995 film, that To Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar, tell me a little bit about that development. Or did they just call you and kind of say, we want you to do a cameo with that? No, I heard a secret, and the writer told it to me. He said, you know, I wanted my screenplay to be on the top of the pile of on whomever producer's death to read my screenplay. Cause, mm-hmm. Anyway, it, it, it did uh, land up with, end up with uh, um, um, Steven Spielberg. Uh-huh. He was one of the producers. Now, isn't that nice? That is nice. That's something to write down. Well, I mean, with a title like Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar, it's going to get your brain a little twisted <laughs> or you're going to say, what's this about? That's exactly right. Uh, and it was very well cast. It was very funny about these three guys <clears throat> look um, well dressed up, as we know. Who oh yes, was going uh, to Nebraska. Sorry, it wasn't um, North Carolina, but mm, <laughs> they yeah. Anyways, it's lots of fun. People love that. It that, is. That, that is story. a blast. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and also I've read um, I read all the uh, gosh you've, you've guest starred on just about every TV show that I grew up with. I want everybody listening to listen <laughs> to this list that I. So she oh. she has guest starred. Well, actually, not just guest star, but also starring. Let's just mix it all up <clears> together. <throat> but Route sixty six. Um, for those of you, uh, T- Twilight Zone, F Troop, Beverly Hillbillies, Get Smart, um, The Monkees, a Star Trek episode called uh, Friday's Child. She had guest roles in the 70s on Columbo, The Bionic Woman, The Love Boat, Buck Rogers in the 25th Century, Heart to Heart, Chips, Fantasy Island. Even in the 90s, Melrose Place. I mean, there's nothing left, Julie. You've done it all. (laughs) Thank goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And now I did. I got my life anew. <laughs> I did love uh, Buck Rogers in the 25th century. I also so. had a series called My Living Doll, in which I was a robot. And they finally discovered all 26 um, episodes of that. And I understand they're going to put that out in the, in, uh, in the package, you know, like they do nowadays. So maybe by next year. And that will be out because that was my best work. Uh, you know that. Um, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I had never heard of that. But when I read the description, I did read the, about that. And by the way, uh, her audio dropped out just a bit. But so let me tell you what she just said about that. It was a um, a series called My Living Doll um, in 1964 to 65, and she uh, she starred as Rhoda the robot. So I'm assuming you were a robot in that in that series. And imagine how hard it is to play a robot. I mean, you can just make yourself make jerky movements that people are really not going to believe you for very long. That it, it, that was the most difficult role I ever played, and I think, from from my um, estimate, the best that I've done. 
um, because it's so challenging. When you have something that's really just a little harder than you think you can achieve, I think you really jump to it. Right. And um, But they did write a lot of the show for me because I used to be um, a pianist, and of course I was a ballet dancer, so they wrote that part, me a ballet dancer, and and, and, and the stories were, were wonderfully told. It's quite worth it seeing again. I want to see. Yeah, I, I definitely want to see. If they do come out with that in the DVD <laughs> set, Julie, I want you to let us know so we can promote that because I would love to see it. I think that that's, I, I love to ask every celebrity, um, mm-hmm. what is your favorite or what are you most proud of? And it's usually not that's, what they're mm-hmm. remembered for, you know? Yes. It's, it's usually the most difficult thing that you had to do. Not something that was easy that you did yesterday. Right. Exactly. It's always a challenging thing that we all see ourselves uh feel proudest about when you look That's at probably the, the thing you're going to do next when you look <laughs> at um when you look at hollywood uh today and 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 mm-hmm. i'm asking you this as someone who was known to be you know you were so known for your beauty and your grace and style and and you look at the women of hollywood today what do you think i mean how does that stack up against the old days i don't think there's any comparison anybody to any anybody and or any time to any other time it's, it's so easy to say this was dark this was lighter right or i did feel more comfortable watching films from the, the, the 70s 80s 50s, 60 whatever um and well you know it's true i i love to watch the 30s and 40s films but a lot because i love the clothing of the 1940s and, and the 1930s and i love the musicals of the 1930s, and the, and the and the writing was so crisp and interesting, but the stuff they do now is just awesome. The acting, to some of it is incredible work. You know, the person that I most identify with is not American. She, it's Catherine Deneuve. Oh, but really? I suppose like all of us, we identify with people we feel we look like or act like or live like. Mm-hmm. Well, so, that's that's um, interesting. I I love Catherine to death. I um, you know, I got to say that th- th- there was a, you know, th- I I agree with you on some front. My dad was uh, a World War II vet, and and so I grew up uh, listening to, and I was a late kid. He was forty when I was born, so I grew up listening to a lot of the forties big band. Uh, music and the standards. I'm a huge Sinatra and Rat Pack fan, and and all of that. And I, I kind of agree with you that, that time was was special. I'm not sure we'll ever get that back again. But it's so great to go back and look at the musicals of the '40s and the '50s, and and uh, and just kind of soak all Wait, that in. You know why it is? Because it's always the first time you did something, the first time you heard something, first time you experienced something. Yep. It's the first time always has th- that memorable that impact on you. So you probably always will make those comparisons. And, and you know, you it's know? it's funny as you get older, too, and um, how we all tend to... I know we glorify and kind of glamour, glamorify, if that's a word, the, the older, uh, our memories, and everything seems to be better than it was. But I, I still have to say that back in the days of... You know, the in the fifties and sixties, when television was was not eight hundred channels like it is now, and you only had three or four. <laughs> you know, celebrities were real celebrities back then. Now everybody has a show, but 
you know, I, I, I've oh, always... Oh, I don't know. Listen, if you've got 500 stations, you you got to make up your mind what you're going to watch. You only had three <laughs> stations to watch back then. That's Heck, true. It was a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And then you didn't have the Internet. Look how wonderful it is today. Uh, I'd rather live today than any other time in history. Yeah, you know... I'm I, still I, looking forward to tomorrow. I can't tell you. I have to agree with you on that. If it wasn't for oh. technology, we couldn't do this show. So I, I love that. Oh. Yeah. Isn't that nice? Julie, I want to thank you so much for taking time out. You know, oh. I, I loved watching you back then. I think you were just absolutely beautiful. You're a great actress. You you made the Batman series, and we all, I'm sure I speak for lots of men out there that, that were growing up at that time that said that uh, we loved you as Catwoman. And, you know, Eartha Kitt is a dear person, was a dear person, and uh, Lee Merriweather, awesome, but you are the original Catwoman. Well, I love you for saying that, and it's great to talk to you, Eric, and you certainly know a heck of a lot about all of my business and then some, <laughs> so it's been an honor and a pleasure, and I, I hope your audience continues to love and enjoy you. <laughs> absolutely. Thank you so much, and please come back and visit us again, will you? I'd love to. Okay, absolutely. You Ladies bet. and gentlemen, Julie Newmar, we will uh, definitely have Julie's website, the links for you on our website, and... Uh, that was a lot of fun. Oh, I just lived out a dream. That's all I have to say, ladies and gentlemen, right there. All right, listen. So next week, um, Rosemarie, how about that, from the Dick Van Dyke Show. You remember Rosemarie? She's phenomenal. We're going to have her as a guest. We're still working out the exact uh, uh, dates for the interview, but uh, as soon as we know, it will be up on the website. So if you'd like to join in, please please do so. Uh, very excited about Rosemarie. She has a great uh, story to tell, and, and I was a huge fan of the Dick Van Dyke Show. And for those of you that are trivia buffs, if you didn't get enough <laughs> with our backstage trivia through the stories with Julie Newmar tonight, let me tell you this about the Dick Van Dyke Show. Um, remember that Carl Reiner, who played Alan Brady on the Dick Van Dyke Show, um, he was a writer on your show of shows with Sid Caesar and Imogene Coco. And so that the Dick Van Dyke Show, for those of you that didn't know, was based on his experiences that. And so Maury Amsterdam on the Dick Van Dyke Show was actually based on Mel Brooks in real life. So go do your trivia research, and uh, hopefully next week we'll be able to to uh, get Rosemarie. That is going to be a lot of fun. That is for sure. So thank you so much, folks, for joining us. We had a great time with Julie Newmar tonight. And uh, don't forget, Rosemarie, next time around. It's going to be fun. So thanks for joining us on the show that brings you the trivia from the stars. It is the fastest-growing pop culture trivia show online. We'll see you next week on Wait, I Know This. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.